Well, it's my great privilege to introduce our speaker for this morning, who is not our lead pastor, for those of you who are visiting, because poor Brad and his wife, Jill, are on the beach in Cancun right now. I know, this is day seven of nine for them, so they are there. But the bonus for us is that we get Tyler Menson here. Tyler's an ordained covenant pastor. He's been here before. He works and lives at Lake Beauty Bible Camp, um, just north of here. Um, although he hasn't been there in a little while. He spends a lot of time traveling. He also leads their, um, they have a one-year Bible school um, called Solid Rock, and he'll share a little bit about that, but we are so honored to have him with us. So welcome, Tyler. Thank you, Pastor Shar. Hello, Faith Covenant Burnsville. How is everyone this morning? You all braved the snowstorm to make it here, and I am so grateful for that. I am super excited, super energized, and super joyful to be here this morning. And I am never quite sure if that is through the power of the Holy Spirit or through the power of the endless amounts of caribou coffee that I consume. But we will pray that it is the power of the Holy Spirit speaking through me this morning and not just the caffeine. And I have one question for you all. As you go to a coffee shop, which I did this morning, and they ask you for an extra shot of espresso, if you would like an extra shot of espresso, what is the correct answer? Yes, yes is the correct answer. You always want more caffeine. And that is a decision that we make every day. And last week, Pastor Brad started a series on decisions, and he talked about uh, two really key concepts in making decisions. And the first one of those is when you know who you are, when you know who you are, you know what to do. When you know who you are, you know what to do. And the second concept he touched on last week is that God calls us to be faithful. God calls us to be faithful, not necessarily effective in the world's eyes. Or if you're an achiever, type A personality like me, I put it this way, God calls us to be faithful, not always efficient. Because living in kingdom community as children of God, as people in Christ, deciding to engage in this community as faith covenant, Burnsville and in the broader community of Burnsville, Prior Lake, Savage, Minneapolis. In our faithfulness, in living in that community, it will cause tension. And that is not always effective, but in our faithfulness, we will bear fruit. So I have titled my sermon this morning, Living in the Beautiful Tension, Living in the Beautiful Tension, of kingdom community. And the text I will look at is Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, and 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But before I pray and before we dig into scripture, I want to share just a little bit about my day job. As Shar said, I am an ordained covenant pastor, and I get the great opportunity to direct Solid Rock Discipleship, which is a one-year Bible college at Lake Beauty Bible Camp with the mission of forming Christ-centered disciples and developing 
leaders. For those of you that don't know what Lake Beauty Bible Camp is or where it is located, Lake Beauty Bible Camp is a covenant camp in the Northwest Conference of the Evangelical Covenant Church, a partner camp to Covenant Pines, which uh, Burnsville is part, or Faith Covenant is part owner of, and Lake Beauty is located about an hour north of St. Cloud, or if you know where Little Falls, Minnesota is, up on Highway 10, it is about 20 miles west of Little Falls. And there are three quick things I want to share about Saldraf. The first is that it is 27 academic credits, so it is discipleship of the mind. We have classes in church history, theology, Bible, Christian ethics, spiritual formation, leadership formation. And those 27 credits transfer to North Park University, Northwestern here in the cities, Crown College here in the cities, and a few other colleges and universities in the area. The second thing about Solid Rock, and this is new for next year, is that we will begin the year at Solid Rock next year with an eight-day leadership immersion journey into the Boundary Waters canoe area. So students will come for orientation and then get to experience the, the community forming and leadership developing experience of the Boundary Waters canoe area. We are doing that at no cost to the student, thanks to generous donors, and in partnership with Adventurous Christians, which is a ministry of Covenant Pines, and staff at the Northwest Conference of the Evangelical Covenant Church. And the final thing, uh, the final highlight of Solid Rock is each January, our students get to spend two weeks in Israel. And if you've ever been to Israel, you know that once you have been to Israel, you never really read the Bible the same because you are experiencing firsthand what you are reading about in Scripture. And that is an amazing and awesome opportunity for our students to experience and live those two weeks in Israel. The cost of Solid Rock is $12,500, but we offer a $1,000 scholarship to every accepted student. So that brings that $12,500 down to $11,500. And that cost includes housing, it includes all the trips, food, tuition, books, and fees. So it is almost an all-inclusive cost. So for students that are graduating from high school this coming year, not only is Solid Rock a really, really great experience and transformative uh, year, but it's also a great value for your parents and for you as you uh, start your education after high school. If you have any questions, please come talk to me after. And the last thing I'll say about Solid Rock is I did not ask Pastor Shar or Ryan or Brad for permission uh, to sneak these brochures onto the information table uh, by the receptionist, but we have brochures about Solid Rock, storybook brochures that will tell you a little bit about where Solid Rock has been and where Solid Rock is going. So if Solid Rock is something that interests you or your children would love for you to pick up one of these brochures. Now I'm going to pray and then we are going to dig into what it means to decide to live in the beautiful tension of kingdom community. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to come together as a kingdom community, as a fellowship of believers, as children of you, to worship you, to glorify you, to be in fellowship 
with one another. I pray that your Holy Spirit is present and active in our hearts and in our minds this morning, helping us to learn what you want us to learn and helping us to be transformed in the ways that you want us to be transformed. Lord, I pray that it is your spirit and your word coming through me this morning and not just my own. I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And everybody at Faith Covenant said, Amen. Amen. Question for all of you. I want you to think back to Christmas and the holiday season. Think back to to celebrating the creator of the universe, the king of all that we know, the creator of you and the person sitting next to you, coming down in human flesh as a baby boy, Emmanuel, God with us. Think of what a miracle that is, and think of how great an honor it is that we get to choose and decide to participate in the community, in Christ, that is offered through the death and resurrection of Jesus and the incarnation of Jesus. And now I want you to switch gears and think about parties. And think about all of the holiday parties you had to attend. How many of you were were like me after the last holiday party, maybe the last New Year's party that you had, uh, you were either leaving someone's house or the last guest were leaving your house, and, and a thought crossed your mind, a thought something like this. Thank goodness I don't have to see them again until Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I'm an extrovert, and I think that way sometimes. And those are our families, those are our friends, those are people that we have either been invited to their house or we have invited into our house. And yet family and friends can cause tension. Imagine what it's like as we live in kingdom community with people that are different than us, people with different political views, people with different skin colors, people with different worldviews, people with different cultural backgrounds. That also causes tension. And what I want to say to you today is that's okay. Tension can be good. Not only that, tension can be beautiful. And the question I want to ask you is, will you engage? Will you decide to engage in the beauty that is kingdom community? Or will you hide from that beauty? I want to start by reading Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And the background to Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8 is Jesus has, has risen from the dead and he is hanging out with his disciples. And obviously the disciples want to know what Jesus is up to, what the Holy Spirit is up to, and what God is up to. So here is what the writer of Acts records. He records this. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them. The disciples, or he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised to you, the gift that you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, 
but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus gives them this command, and then the, the disciples gather around Jesus and ask this very important question. And oftentimes, we know the verses. If you've been in church a long time, you know the verses that follow this question. But we forget that, that Jesus is actually answering this question of the disciples. And the question is, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And the disciples, in asking this question, are thinking back to the covenant that God has made with Abraham and Israel throughout the Old Testament, that, that God will create Israel and it will be a holy nation. And it's not a bad question that the disciples are asking Jesus, but it is a narrow question because they are forgetting the second part of the Abrahamic covenant in the Old Testament. And that second part of the Abrahamic covenant in the Old Testament is that Israel, and God is using Israel to be a blessing to the nation. Israel wasn't just created in and for itself. It was to be a blessing. So Jesus answers the disciples' question by this. He says, it is not for you to know the time or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. But when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You will be my witnesses in Judea. You will be my witnesses in Samaria. And you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. The disciples have, have a very narrow vision of God's plan and, and what God wants. Jesus says that God has a bigger plan. And often in our communities, we, we think about ourselves and what our community needs and what our tribes need. But we fail to, forget, or we fail to remember that we are here, not as individuals, but we are here as a community to be a blessing to others. And as I, as I was reading this verse and as I was studying this, this passage, God convicted me of something. For the disciples, going to the ends of the earth meant going to Rome. Rome, which was oppressing and occupying Jerusalem and would sack Jerusalem in 70 AD. Rome, with the emperors Trajan and Diocletian, who systematically murdered many in the early church. Jesus was calling the disciples to be witnesses in that tension. God spoke to me and asked me this question. Tyler, implied in the command to be a witness to all nations is the fact that you will have to engage with, you will have to build relationships with, you will have to be with people that are different than you people with different skin colors, people with different cultural backgrounds, people from Louisiana, people with different political views. You will have to engage with and have the courage to, to be in that tension, to be in the beauty of that tension. Tyler, he asked, 
Do you even have the courage or the fortitude to engage with the people at the other end of your pew? Do you even have the courage to engage with the people at the other side of the sanctuary? Do you have the courage? Do you have the fortitude? Will you decide to engage with the people in your own community? Faith Covenant, I ask you this question. Will you decide to engage in the tension of this community? Knowing that there are people in this room, in this sanctuary, that you may not disagree with. Will you decide to engage? Will you decide to listen? Will you follow the Holy Spirit's leading and be a loving member of this community? And differences cause tension because differences scare us. We don't like black and white. I'm a type A personality and I love boxes, so people scare me because I can't put people in a box and I can't control other people. And people are the great unknown because we can't control how they will act towards us. We can't control their reactions to us. We can't control what other people will think of us. Will they love us? Will they dislike us? Will they want to hang out with us? Will they not want to hang out with us? So because of that, we often form tribes around people who are like-minded. And the other thing is, we really, really, really don't like other sinners. We really, really don't like other sinners. We are really good at justifying and forgiving our own sins in our own minds. And we are really good at receiving the forgiveness and grace and mercy of God in our own lives and in the lives of people that are similar to us. But when people that are different than us commit the same sins that we do, that drives us crazy. And all of this, the consequence of all of this, is that we form tribes. We form tribes and groups of like-minded people who come together and encourage each other and build each other up and always get the same information and share the same information. And then we, we lob social media insults on people of another tribe that may disagree with us. And we fail to be listeners. We fail to be hearers of the other. And this causes exclusion. Tim Keller writes this. It is common for us to insist that everyone respect differences and allow people to be themselves. But in the very next moment, we show complete disrespect for anyone who diverges from our cherished beliefs. We sneer at people more liberal than us as social justice warriors, and we disdain those more conservative than us as hateful bigots. Friends, we are not always going to agree on theological beliefs, on political beliefs, but one of the great things about being a kingdom community is that we can come together, look at God's word, and challenge 
one another. There is growth in holiness and in community when we hear each other, when we listen to each other, and when we challenge each other. But Minnesotans, and I am born and raised Minnesotan, uh, I was born in St. James, Minnesota, and I'm going to pick on myself and all of us, Minnesotans are not good at conflict. We are Minnesota nice. And my description of Minnesota nice is this. Um, as I go home today, I will have my GPS on, and my GPS will tell me that in a half mile, I need to merge onto I-35W North. It'll be direct, and then once I get to I-35W North, it'll say, merge on to I-35W North. If my, if my GPS were Minnesota nice, it would say something like this. In a half mile, if you so desire, if it's okay with you, if you're feeling like it, would you please consider merging on to I-35W North? And then when I got to I-35W North, uh, the GPS would ask me, hey, Tyler, did you remember that you're, you're supposed to merge onto I-35W North? We don't do conflict well, but we must do conflict well. We must live in the tension well because of who we are and because of who God says we are. Because you are not sitting next to an ordinary individual. You are sitting next to a child of God. You are sitting next to somebody that is worthy and deserving of your respect. Peter writes of the kingdom of God in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 9. He writes this, But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. All of those are descriptors that God has of the old covenant of Israel royal priesthood, holy nation. And they are now descriptors that Peter is claiming that we can all hold, those of us who are followers of Christ. And the other important thing about those descriptors is they are not individualistic. They are about the community. They are all plural. We are a chosen people. We are God's special possession. Not just I. When you look in your community, when you look in your friend circles, when you look at your workplaces, do you see the people that you may disagree with? Do you see the people that might be different than you? As people that are either part of this community, part of God's chosen people, or people that can be invited in to this community? Do you see the worth? Do you see the image of God in every soul? 
We are all unique. And that is a great and wonderful thing because in our uniqueness, we see a glimpse of God's mosaic. We see a glimpse of the beauty of creation that each of us individually creates a community that is more beautiful because we come together. A little bit before the verses I read in 2 Peter, Peter ta- or 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter talks about us being stones being built together into a spiritual household. And, he, and in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul talks about Christ as the chief cornerstone and all of us being individual and unique stones being built together into the household of God. One commentator writes this. The biblical image of the people of God is that we are stones being built together into a dwelling place. A dwelling place requires not one big stone, but many pieces of stone, interlocked and fortified together. It's not that the stones must lose their individuality or their unique textures or shapes. It's just that only together do individual stones achieve the structural purpose of becoming the household of God. Together, our unique shapes complement each other and create a more structurally sound building. Together, our unique shapes complement each other and create a more structurally sound building. I want to share a personal story about living in this tension, yet seeing the beauty of living in the tension of kingdom community. As some of you know, and as I've I've preached here at Faith before, I was born with a condition known as Golden Heart Syndrome, and I was born without ears and, and many facial deformities. And because I have those facial deformities and I look different, and because I don't have ears, people notice. And at Lake Beauty Bible Camp, when we have elementary and middle school groups and kids in, if I walk from one end of the dining hall to the other, I will see all of their faces watching me and staring at me as I walk. Or if I'm in Chicago or here in Minneapolis at a store, people will come up and ask me, Tyler, is that a hearing aid? Tyler, what happened to your ears? And there are two ways I can respond to those situations. The first way is to say, children, did your parents not teach you that staring is not okay? And I can ask the the people that come up to me and ask me about my hearing aid or ask me about my lack of ears, I can tell them to mind their own business. Or, I can have a different attitude. I can decide to see the beauty in that. The beauty being that as those children stare and as those people ask those questions, they are seeing a glimpse, a different glimpse, a unique glimpse of the full kingdom of God. That God isn't, and the kingdom of God, 
doesn't just include people like them. The kingdom of God is an invitation for all people. Will you choose to see the beauty in yourself, in others, in kingdom community? And for those of you that may feel like the other, like I sometimes do, that can be hard, that can be hurtful, and that can be tough. But one of the things that God has revealed to me about living in the tension, the beautiful tension of kingdom community, is that how I respond matters. And I can respond with an attitude that that person is also worthy, that person is also beautiful, even though they've hurt me. And if we remember that God has given us all mercy, that God calls us all his special possession, if we can remember that, we will treat others better. Joining in God's community, one commentator writes, means joining your imperfect self to many other imperfect selves, to form an imperfect community that through Jesus embarks on a journey toward a better future together. The church is not an institution for perfect people, but a sanctuary for sinners saved by God's grace, who, though they are saved, are still sinners and need all the help they can, they can derive from the sympathy and guidance of their fellow believers. My friends, we cannot do this alone. We need other people. When you know who you are, you know what to do, and you know how to treat other people. Do you know you are a child of God? Do you know you are made in the image of God? Do you know you are part of a chosen people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, and that you are God's special possession? If you know that, you will know what to do. And in building relationships and in deciding to engage in the beauty of kingdom community, it may not be efficient and it may not be effective in the world's eyes because engaging in community and building relationships takes time and takes patience. But God cares so much more that we are faithful to his word and to who we are and to who others are than anything else. Let us be faithful. Let us see the beauty. And let us proclaim the praises of Jesus Christ and his Father. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for the constant reminder that community is filled with tension, but it can be beautiful. Lord, help us to see others as you see us. Help us to give grace to others as you have given grace to us. 
Help us challenge one another through the word and through your spirit. Not that we'll all come to agreement, but that we'll all come to respect and love one another. Lord, may we be a people that decides to engage. May we be a people that decides to love and serve one another. And may we be a people that knows who we are. And may we be a people that practices faithfulness. I pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.